You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Freedom Strips. I am your host, Keaton. As always, we are joined by our great co-host, Justin. Justin, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing great, man. Yeah? Just, uh, yeah, I had a pretty good three-day weekend, so got to go back tomorrow, sadly. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, work's always a uh, a bore. Yeah. I but... know. I should become an unwilling participant. Yeah. We should, we should just get the bills paid while we're just sitting at home doing nothing. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, or I can become a 600-pound man and hopefully the state will take care of me. Yeah, that's like right. I play video games all day. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I figured I'd just check in on you because uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but we're in the middle of a national emergency. Uh, I needed to make sure that my buddy was doing okay because I hear those things can be pretty serious. Man, I feel like... Uh feel like the apocalypse was almost upon us with all these new changes and declaring of national emergencies. Not not that any one of the presidents since 1976 have declared at least one, but this one's different because his name's Trump. Yeah, that's right. That is right. So um, we got a couple stories that we're going to hit on this episode, and obviously this first one, um, we're talking about how Trump signed his government funding bill. Uh, this was a 1,200-page government funding bill uh, that did not fund his border wall uh, entirely. So um, to get the funding that Trump wants for his wall, he's going to declare a, which he's already done, he declared a national emergency to reallocate uh, some funding from different areas of the government to go towards his wall. Um so we're we're gonna listen in on how Donald Trump was kind of explaining his uh, national emergency uh, issuance, and we'll come back right after this. Mr. President, I just want to say, when uh, in the past, when President Obama tried to use executive action as it related to immigration, you said the whole concept of executive a- uh, order—it's not the way the country's supposed to be run. You said you're supposed to go through Congress and make a deal. Will you concede that you were unable to make the deal that you had promised in the past and that the deal you're ending up with now from Congress is less than what you could have had before a 35-day shutdown? I went through Congress. I made a deal. I got almost $1.4 billion when I wasn't supposed to get $1. Not $1. He's not going to get $1. Well, I got $1.4 billion, but I'm not happy with it. I also got billions and billions of dollars for other things. Port of entries, lots of different things, the purchase of drug equipment, more than we were even requesting. In fact, the primary fight was on the wall. Everything else, we have so much, as I said, I don't know what to do with it. We have so much money. Yeah, you, but on I the mean, wall... You give it back to the taxpayers if you, if you got that much money. Or, or <laughs> knock off some of the damn debt that we're in. Yeah, no kidding. Let's continue yeah, to listen in. We have trillions of dollars in debt, but we can't put it back towards the uh, deficit. I know. It's so bad. Oh, they skimped. So I did... I was successful in that sense, um, but I want to do it faster. I could do the wall over a longer period of time. I didn't need to do this, but I'd rather do it much faster. 
And I don't have to do it for the election. I've already done a lot of wall for the election, 2020. And the only reason we're up here talking about this is because of the election. Because they want to try and win an election, which it looks like they're not going to be able to do. And this is one of the ways they think they can possibly win is by obstruction and a lot of other nonsense. Uh, and I think that uh, I just want to get it done faster. That's all. It's, uh, he is so, uh, so entertaining to listen to. <laughs> yeah, other than the constant talking in circles. But here's the deal. You know, agree with him or not, um, multiple presidents – Obama had what? Didn't he have like 13 or something national emergencies that he utilized funds for? Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. abused executive power uh, many times. Exactly. And, and this this strictly comes down to this isn't like a, a war of national emergencies. The funny thing that I think of is government is supposed to be more, way more hands off than it is now. And one of the very sole things that a government is in charge of is national security, right? Yeah, whether that's you, one of the fundamental like, things of government. Whether, whether you like the wall or not is, is negligible because it's part of life. You know, we have fences and yards around every single one of our properties. It's the same thing. It's just on a grander scale. It has nothing to do with uh, not wanting people to immigrate here. It doesn't have anything to do with racism. It doesn't have anything to do with any of that stuff that they keep talking about. It has everything to do with national security. I I want people, you know, and it's funny because I've seen a lot of videos on the actual people that work down at the border, the border patrol and stuff, and they see that stuff every day. So, uh, so is President Trump paying each one of those Border Patrol agents to lie? No, I, I don't think he is. And and the argument that you sometimes hear where, like, whenever someone argues against a wall, whether it actually, if your goal is to limit people crossing an area, there's no debate that a wall works. Like, if that's your end goal, then uh, debating whether walls work or not is such a stupid thing to debate and to argue about. But really the, the thing, and I'm kind of flip flopped on the wall a little bit uh, back and forth. I understand it. And I'm actually okay with it being like taken away from like the military budget and like putting it towards the wall. I, I think that makes sense. As long as like not additional money is being spent on the wall. It's just, there's so many things about it that is, is questionable to me. It's like the, the upkeep on the wall is, is gotta be part of um, the numbers factored in, but also, I mean, go ahead. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that voted for this man based on promises that he's made, right? The wall was like the sole the number thing one. that he yeah. promised. Okay, yep. so people voted for him. A lot of people voted for him. Okay, to be Hillary, even Hillary Clinton out, who had the popular vote. You know, people wanted the wall. Obviously, there was a GoFundMe for the wall. Okay, they they've been talking. Senator Cruz have been talking about using El Chapo's money for the wall, seeing how that scumbag made so many tunnels and shit leading into the U.S. so he could funnel drugs through, right? Yeah. People are so mad about this wall. But obviously, if the people voted for Trump, and the Trump thing was a huge... Uh, the the debate was the wall. Yeah. He's delivering on his promises. I mean, 
that's one thing I got to say for him. At least he's he's doing what he said he was going to do. Yeah, Whether people like it or not, that's it. That's, he, that's what he's got to, to at this point because, I mean, he's getting close too, which you kind of heard him mention several times in that um, interview is like, you know, he kind of mentioned 2020 and how the Democrats are in trouble and all of this. But he, he's really trying to throw some red meat to his base because that you're exactly right. If the, Trump was a one-issue presidential candidate and that was immigration – um, I mean, you could argue he w- he may have been a two issue um, candidate with trying to get out of some of these wars, which you're already seeing him trying to do, which that's one one thing that Trump is doing really well. And I hope that he continues to succeed in that. Um, but you're, you're already hearing the Democrats salivating at the opportunity to use this national emergency excuse. You, you, you've got yeah. people like um, the uh, well really all of the 2020 democratic front runners have said stuff like, um, well, you've got Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, all of them saying that gun control is a national emergency. Education is a national emergency, universal healthcare, climate change, all of those. And I'll tell you what, when Pelosi said that this sets a dangerous precedent and that the next Democrat runner could potentially declare a national emergency to take people's weapons away, that made me want to uppercut her like Ryu or Ken off Street Fighter and yeah. just blast her into the space. Well, that's what they're thinking, though. That, I mean, it really is. I mean, you set this precedent here's... to to abuse executive power like this, which it didn't start with <laughs> Trump. It's been done well before Trump. But exactly. this, this has been a snowball that has rolled out of control. And, and whether people like it or not, this is a national emergency uh, for for building the wall yeah whatever if you think it is or isn't it doesn't matter it's part of a government function taking guns away is is not this is taking constitutional rights away if you take people's right to bear arms yeah so those are huge differences the wall is you could see that as building something for national security and like you said it's not just going to fund walls it's funding other parts of the immigration process as well yeah, it People is. People get so hung up on the wall. Oh, we, we can't have the wall here. Well, you know, I'm sorry. It's part of national security, whatever. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. And but I, I know some of his rights. I know some of his supporters are frustrated with him uh on why he didn't really move earlier on this wall. Um because I mean he really he really didn't do much in his first two years when he controlled the House and the Senate. Um so before the twenty eighteen midterms, he really didn't hit on it a bunch and uh he really only started fighting it when they lost the House. Well you got Cryptkeeper and the Penguin, you know, Schumer and Pelosi. I mean, you've seen just in the last time they're fighting tooth and nail to not give him anything. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're this is how hard it is. And I government already doesn't run smoothly. You know, they can't agree on anything. Anything that comes across is a fight. Okay? And now, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that it's he's he's doing it now. Yeah. Well, th- I really with this move, it's likely to still not get him his wall. It's probably going to be tied up in courts for years. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe if they get it to the Supreme Court and he loses, he can say, you know, he fought for it. And that may be enough in 2020 to kind of get him by without having a wall in place. But I mean, all in all, I don't see it working out for Trump. I don't know if the wall gets built I just, or not. I just I think intelligence 
intelligent people with logic and can see that certain things have been put in place. But you're right. But then again, the Democrats definitely have a lot of bad seeds for the 2020 election that just absolutely are ridiculous. So, I mean, he's got a good chance. This should be a very easy election for them to win, but they are doing everything in their power to lose it again and give Trump mm -hmm. another, um, another run at another four years. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to see the next meltdown. If that happens, I I almost, I almost hope that Trump wins because I just really want to see that these people melt like, like the witch from the wicked West or whatever, when water gets on her. Yeah. I can't wait to see people. Uh, It it would be unbelievable meltdown that you would see, you know, we, it might actually be the beginning of the, you know, if Trump actually gets reelected, Uh, it might be the beginning of the end of the Democratic Party that you might want to start of. learning some self-defense, Keaton, because I'm telling you, if these people get em- emboldened and brazen to come out of the woodworks, these Antifa crowds and stuff, they might hit you with their purse. Yeah, I've seen those creatures. They aren't very big. I'm not <laughs> afraid of them. Uh, but, yeah, but they fight like raccoons and hordes. Yeah. Well, one of the things that the Democrats are doing that is blowing their chances in 2020 is they keep riding on this Russia collusion thing. And just this past week, the Senate Intelligence Committee, it's a bipartisan investigation. They came up empty with no evidence to support the uh, oh, Trump-Russia damn. collusion. And this got absolutely hardly any airtime. I'm sure a lot of people listening may not have even heard of this, but this is what came out. So the Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr, during an interview with CBS on Thursday, said, based on the evidence to date, the committee could not definitively say there was collusion between Trump and the Russians. If we write a report based on the facts that we have, then we don't have anything that would suggest there was collusion by the Trump campaign and Russia. So for anyone who's been paying attention, this isn't really anything surprising. We haven't seen anything come out of the Mueller investigation in the last two years. And the longer it draws on, I mean, really, the the more it looks like nothing's going to come of it. And and everyone and everyone on the left have utilized this as like their their big king piece on the chessboard that they were just going to nullify Trump's existence as president, right? You know, this thing was supposed to be the proverbial smackdown that was given to his career and that they would finally be able to oust him out of the presidency. Yeah. Well, we've seen no substantial evidence and everything that's come out of the Mueller investigation, all the indictments and everything that has um, come forth from that investigation has been things that have been done after the investigation. So all of these people who have been indicted have been indicted for um, misleading or lying to the special investigation. So the, the you would think that anything that they would come up with from the investigation would be what was done before you started the investigation, you know, the, the crimes frust- you're actually looking yeah. into. The frustrating thing out of all this is you've wasted taxpayer money on nothing in order to fulfill your fantasy of a collusion. That's what's frustrating. I am paying people in the government through my tax dollars for them to go on a circus. Yeah. We've heard it that's nonstop what, that's what for makes two years. I, I, I really hope, 
you, it's just like anything. If, if you are, if you give a false statement to the police officer, or you know, you waste um, police time or anything like that, you could be liable for charges. If, you know, man hours, stuff like that. How many man hours were sunk into this for over two years? Yeah, I better get my damn refund if they're not putting these people in some kind of trouble. Yeah, at least five bucks, man. It, it's at least. It, it's so frustrating to to hear this over and over, and they've beat this dead horse, like I said, for a, a straight two years. Um, and then you've got this Senate Intelligence Committee coming up with nothing. This is a bipartisan investigation. This isn't a Republican investigation. It's not a Democrat investigation. It's bipartisan. They found no evidence to conclude that there was Trump uh, and Russia collusion. Now, you know, we'll have to see what the Mueller, Mueller investigation comes up with because there is some classified information that only the Mueller investigation has that the Senate committee didn't have access to, but they had access to most of the things and they didn't find anything. Yeah. And um, we actually just got, I just saw right before we started recording this, that um, the deputy AG, um, Rod Rosenstein is expected to leave the DOJ in mid-March. Um, so that means we can likely expect the Mueller report by mid-March. So that that's going to be what we're going to be looking forward to next. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I, I feel like if there was any kind of solid uh, anything with a Russian collusion or any kind of Russian ties, that they would have put the nail in this dude's coffin a long time ago. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and I think that they've just pushed this agenda for so long. It, people are numb to it, man. Like everyone hates hearing about it, but everyone on the left is like, oh, I see it all, all the time from people on Facebook, like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to get ousted because of his Russian collusion. And uh, you've got real people that are real criminals in our political system doing shady crap all the time, man. And they they never see any kind of judgment for any of the crap that they do. Yeah. And they're sitting here and they're just slamming this guy, you know, I, I'm surprised, you know, I got to give it to Trump, man. He, he's given people problems. They've pushed this collusion, man. And it's just like, everyone's hoping that this Russian collusion is, is not a hoax and it's real because it would like somehow confirm something. And then, you know, send them over overjoyed with some kind of something to take home, but they've gotten nothing. Yeah. And now they're, they're on the road to reelect him in 2020. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. They, they really are on the road to reelect him because <laughs> they're, they're going to, the, yeah, go ahead. Well, the thing I was going to say is they keep harping on this Russian investigation and how um, Russian interference in our elections and, and how this is a, a threat to our democracy. Meanwhile, enter in Andrew McCabe. So Andrew McCabe, for those who don't know, is the former uh, director of the FBI. He took over right after James Comey was fired. Uh, he was on an interview with 60 Minutes this week, um, and he stated that the FBI was actively looking at multiple ways they could unseat the president of the United States, one of which was by using the 25th Amendment. That's a coup right there. That, it, it really is. It's a deep state coup that we're seeing in slow motion happening um, right now. And really, so to, to get back to the background, if for those who don't know McCabe, okay, so he McCabe comes into the job right after James Comey was fired. And we now know that Comey was fired from 
the uh, the job essentially because he was blackmailing um, Donald Trump with the Russia investigation. He was like, hey, uh, even even Comey said that this um, this investigation that he brought to Trump was un- unsubstantiated. He just was threatening Trump with it, and instead of going under the boot of the FBI, Trump just said his two favorite words, you fired, and just got rid of uh, Comey. So Andrew McCabe comes in. But um, so for those who don't know what the 25th Amendment is, let me kind of explain what it's supposed to be used for. That way it gives you a little bit of context on um, what Andrew McCabe and Rod Rosenstein. People are probably saying there's 25 amendments. <laughs> yeah. There's if you, only like three. If you haven't read the uh, Constitution yet, I highly advise you do that. But yes. so the, the background on the 25th Amendment. Okay. So the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution addresses what happens to the presidency and vice presidency if the president and or vice president dies, resigns, becomes incapacitated or disabled. Um, the best example given is with Woodrow Wilson. So in 1919, after having a series of strokes and ignoring, ignoring warning signs of ill health and neurological problems, President Woodrow Wilson had a massive stroke from which he never recovered during his presidency. When his cabinet suggested that the vice president take over, Wilson's wife, Edith, and his doctor, Carrie Grayson, conspired to keep his condition secret from both the Congress and the public leaving the United States without a competent leader. So Andrew McCabe and Rod Rosenstein were openly um, talking about using this 25th Amendment to potentially unseat Trump. So just listen into the 60 Minutes interview with Andrew McCabe saying it himself. Where we were and what we needed to do next. What seemed to be coursing through the mind of the Deputy Attorney General was getting rid of the President of the United States. Well, one way or another, I can't confirm that. But what I can say is the deputy attorney general was definitely very concerned about the president, about his capacity and about his intent at that point in time. How did he bring up the idea of the 25th Amendment to you? Honestly, I don't remember. He it was just another kind of topic that he jumped to in the midst of a, a, a of a wide ranging conversation. Seriously, <laughs> just yeah. another topic. Yeah. Did you counsel him on that? I didn't. I mean, he was discussing um, other cabinet members and whether or not people would support such an idea, whether or not other cabinet members would um, shared his belief that the president was. Um, was really concerning, was concerning, Rod, at that time. Rosenstein was actually openly talking about whether there was a majority of the cabinet who would vote to remove the president. That's correct. Counting votes or possible votes. Did he assign specific votes to specific people? No, not that I recall. As you're sitting in this meeting in the Justice Department talking about removing the president of the United States, you were thinking what? How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> so that said, and did you counsel him? Even the 60 Minutes reporter was like, I mean, that's kind of what you do. And he's like, oh, no, I was kind of thinking about chicken tenders at the moment. So I just kind of <laughs> let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is it is so blatantly. It's just it's serious, it, man. It's and, so and transparent like, from him to just say this. Yeah. To openly this say thing. this. 
This is the thing, Keaton. If 2020 rolls around and Trump gets elected, I feel like everyone that has Trump derangement syndrome or can't stand him, they're going to be like the movie Bird Box when they're just going to wear blindfolds because if they open their blindfold, their worst fear is going to be Trump with a MAGA hat on or the smirking kid from Covington High. <laughs> yeah. They're probably going to commit suicide. So we're, <laughs> we're probably going to have to have massive suicide watch for these individuals come 2020. I just can't believe that people are openly calling for coups against the president now. And people just seemingly don't care. That's how bad the media is, man. Well, this really hasn't happened in, well, it hasn't happened in my lifetime. Really, the last time something like this happened where the deep state was out to get a president was probably Kennedy. Um, When Kennedy said he was going to disband the CIA after the Bay of Pigs. And... Oh, yeah. Well... You know, Kennedy didn't win that battle. <laughs> and, yeah, I think uh, we, we all know that he was pieced out. Yeah. So um, this is just so unbelievably. Th- th- I can't believe that this didn't get more airtime. That, that it's this... crazy because, yeah, with Kennedy, no one really knew anything. I mean, there wasn't the mass media presence that we have now. It was kind of like everyone was left up to assumptions and like, maybe there's a conspiracy behind this. There's no conspiracy behind this one. It's blatantly out in the open and people still don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's really wild that to, should, to see that him should, say this. That should worry people. Not, not, you know, whether you like Trump or not, that should worry people that, 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 you pretty much, you know, anyone can do anything and pull the strings to get you into some kind of it to, you know, you can spend years in lot in, in prison for nothing. Yeah. Essentially. That's how much power these people have. Yeah. And, and I know and some people like listening or being like, Oh, you know, you're wearing your tinfoil hats and you know, you're worried about shadow governments. Well, this is a real thing. He's openly but saying just, that they were we trying just, to unseat yeah. a duly elected president of this the United States. Assumption. These this are not an assumption. These are not elected officials making these decisions. This is unelected bureaucrats undermining the democracy. You know, you hear the media talk about the Russian interference in our election and they're undermining our democracy. Look at what's happening right here. Yeah. And and, and the funny thing is is people want more government. Yeah, it blows this my mind. How, this is how scary. This is how scary the government is. And people want more of it. Yeah. People say, yeah, yeah, as long as you're giving me free shit, I'm cool with whatever you need to do. It's not me. You know, do it to somebody else, obviously. But that's the thing. If it was happening to the actual people, instead of instead of President Trump, it would be a different story. Right. It's It's like the, it's like, you know... If it's not directly happening to them, then they they separate themselves and they detach themselves from the real issues. They say, well, you know, I'm worried about my my home over here. You know, it's just like people don't realize how much power the government has. They can crush you at any moment. They they can take constitutional rights away and they can make up crap like, oh, yeah, by the way, we think that uh, your family said that you were mentally mentally unstable. So now we're just going to do what we want. Yep. People should be scared of that. Yeah. You should be scared of it. I don't care if you're a, a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. Be scared. Yeah, you should be you should be aware of these types of things. And and people just aren't aware uh, of these types of events and these types of stories. And if you really just – it's not hard to find. If you just look, it, it's there. It, it, yeah, and, and it, you know, honestly, like we, we've said before, there's a lot of information online. 
okay? But not all of it is correct either. So it's going to take a little bit more of searching and fishing and sorting through things instead of just hitting things at face value and the first headline you come against. Because, uh, you know, whether you believe it or not, there is stuff, you know, Google and Twitter and all them, they have they have agendas as well. They sure do. Fake news is rampant, and we've already covered it on, on our show before where, you know, obviously we had the BuzzFeed bombshell article, right, where uh, that turned out to be completely bunk, just completely false. And then the media jumps on not two days later on the Covington story and just completely bombs that one. Um, and, yeah. and then not too long after that, and this, this next story that I want to cover here is a story that I've been kind of <laughs> following closely. Um, but I didn't want to include it in the show just because I kind of wanted to see how this one would, um, work out you know it it seemed fishy from the very beginning but i kind of oh, wanted to everyone said it smelled like complete crap yeah. the whole time I, I wanted to see how this one would would work out because the media was jumping on this one from the start as well but uh, of course we are talking about the um jesse smollett story so if you don't know jesse smollett is a actor on the show empire um, and to kind of give a, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over the timeline. Um, but to hey, give you a brief, real quick, overview, Keaton, you're making, you're forgetting the two most important things. He's a black male and he's homosexual. Yes. Those he are lets, two very important. Everybody know those things because those are what identify a person, not anything that has to do with his character, but that he's black and he's homosexual. Yep. So, um, Jesse Smollett. So I'll go over the timeline. On here, so Jesse Smollett on January 29th files a report with the Chicago police that he was a victim of a bias-motivated attack by two white men at 2 a.m. in the morning while walking home from sub from a subway restaurant. Now, this took place, like it said, in Chicago at 2 a.m. But keep in mind, when this story came out at January 29th, that's when that crazy snowstorm was hitting Chicago or that winter storm where it was like in the negative like twenties outside. So th keep that in mind because that's going to come into, into detail here soon. Uh, Smollett tells officers who conducted his first interview at his home an hour after the incident that the men used racist and homophobic language, punched him and poured bleach on his body. He also states that they put a rope around his neck, which was used um, which was used against him and was still present on him when the police arrived at his home. This is <laughs> why you would keep that on after the attack. I have no idea. <laughs> this is MAGA country was allegedly yelled during the incident. So he says he's attacked by two white guys and that doesn't say it here, but in the original, um, in the original, when he broke this story and when he had the interview, they were, he said they were wearing MAGA hats. They were two white guys in the middle of Chicago at 2 AM yelling, this is MAGA country, put a noose around his neck, poured bleach all over him and beat him up. Why didn't they have so, MAGA beanies? Yeah. That would have been more appropriate, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cold at negative 20 at 2 yeah. AM. And it, their ears must've been freezing, man. So, um, to moving forward, um, Chicago police provide an update that states they've reviewed hundreds of hours of footage and were able to find Smollett walking downtown. However, no footage shows an attack. 
Police then released a blurry photo of two suspects who are named persons of interest. <laughs> All right. So, January 31st. Whoa, whoa, wait. Did you did you cover the Fox the Fox stuff? Oh, no. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no. So Fox Studios actually had had confirmed that there was hate mail that was sent to Smollett just one week before his attack, and it was depicting a man shot, you know, being shot alongside, you know, you know, whatever. And it says, you know, the FBI after that immediately launches an investigation into the mail. So not only is it Chicago PD, but now you have the FBI. Yeah, so he received like this, um, you know how serial killers cut out letters (laughs) and and, uh, glue it on a sheet of paper and spell out like a a thread? That's what he received. And then he had like a, looked like a crayon drawing of someone getting shot right next to the message. (laughs) So a lot of this just seems fishy from the the get-go. Got a crayon drawing, my God. Yeah. And uh, so he must have thought in his head like rednecks must only know how to use crayons. (laughs) Yeah. So on February 13th, Chicago police, uh, Chicago police arrest two Nigerian men at O'Hare International Airport after their return flight from Nigeria and bring them in for questioning. Their home on the north side of Chicago is searched and it becomes known that one of them worked on Empire, which is the same show that Jesse Small They're works big on. as shit, too. I'm not going to put that out there. They're, they're huge. They are some yeah. large individuals. Yeah. We're not talking about small Nigerian men here. These dudes have some beef on them. They've yeah, so taken many they, protein drinks. They get arrested because the police uh, think that they are the two that are um, the persons of interest that attack Smollett. So <laughs> on February 14th, Smollett makes his first media appearance and is aired on Good Morning America, where he stands by his original story. He expresses anger at not being believed <laughs> as, as he says the naysayers don't even want to see the truth. Then you had Senators Kamala Harris and Cory Booker pass their bipartisan legislation in the Senate that aims to make lynching a federal hate crime, and they used Smollett's story as an example to pass the vote. Do do yourselves a favor and watch the video and see how in-depth this guy got. He cried. He, he had tears running down his face. I, I mean, I know why he's an actor now. Yeah. Yeah, it is a uh, it is a wild interview that he had with Good Morning America. Yeah, please watch it. Anyone listening to this, <laughs> please watch it. Because when this all all unfolds and and we find out that he's going to be charged with possibly three years in jail for this, watch that video again and laugh. Yeah. So the next thing that happens is um, it turns out that they found they they asked Smollett to re- to release his phone records. And so he gave them his phone records, but he redacted several calls. Um, and after doing some investigation on those redacted calls, that's how they traced the, those two Nigerian men. And then once they started digging around their apartment, they found the receipt to the <laughs> rope they used. They found the receipt to the rope they used in the attack. And so it comes out that now the police are saying that Jesse Smollett has orchestrated his own attack. 
So this whole thing that's been developing for the last two weeks, to give a short little overview, Jesse Smollett paid these two guys to attack him, put a noose around his neck, and for what? For publicity? Thank God. And the, 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 the wildest able, thing... Yeah. The wildest thing about this whole thing, right, is he's walking at 2 a.m. in downtown Chicago in 20-degree weather, and he's got a Subway sandwich in his hand because he just left Subway. And when the police are reviewing the footage, and they find the footage of him walking home apparently after the attack, quote-unquote, guess what he's still holding in his freaking hand? His meatball sub! But he's you got, think after but a he's brutal got the rope attack... On his neck too. Yeah, he's got the rope on his on his neck. Apparently, he's been beaten up and and left half dead and poured bleach on him. He's got a noose around his neck, but he's still holding on to that meatball sub. He can't let he can't go home without Subway sandwich. So it, 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 this is such a wild story. I had to bring it up, and I had to yeah, to close now, this now, episode now out with this now story. He's, now he's facing what potentially three years in jail for wasting everyone's time and you know orchestrating this thing. Yeah. So and all of this again, like I, I'm like for what to like get at Trump supporters? Like to, you, America <laughs> is so bad that you have to pay people to attack you and discriminate against you. Yeah. Like, I still, I didn't are so even bad know the for the young about, black yeah. gay community that you I, pay these guys to attack you. I didn't even know he utilized the crayon to draw out, to draw out a picture. For, <laughs> it looked for like a, it looked like it was like a red pen or a red crayon. It just like, it looked horrible. It did. It was like a terrible sketch. But this this story is so wild, man. And, and yeah, this is man. this this comes back to like like you were saying this Trump derangement syndrome, man. Like these people are now orchestrating attacks on themselves to try and get at Trump, and Trump yeah, paints and, Trump supporters in a bad light. Yeah. And the media is falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, they're doing the same thing they did with the Covington kids. I mean, they they completely destroyed those kids, and and they're taking this Jesse Smollett's word. As the golden truth. Once again, like I said, these people are wasting money and police force time and all this other stuff. He left the noose on his neck. (laughs) He he did. He was walking down the street with it on his neck. (laughs) I guess he'd figure he'd just hang out, you know? Uh... Man, and, and these aren't like... These aren't just normal cops who are trying to pull the wool over their eyes. These are Chicago cops. Like, they've seen everything. And then you got the FBI involved with, like, the threatening letter and the drawing. And then, like, you think you're going to fool anyone, really, the longer this thing goes on? Yeah. Man. Uh, Word is, too, is he's already, like, taken a whole bunch of his previous tweets and Facebook posts off. I haven't looked into that myself, but I, I would be uh, wouldn't be surprised if that was what was going on. Yeah, I saw a, a video of Kamala Harris getting uh, pressed on her tweet. She was saying that um, she she was saying uh, as soon as the story came out, she's supporting Jesse Smollett and saying this was the disgusting uh, attack and and a modern day lynching and how um, you know the right <laughs> right wing people. Uh, should be yeah. held accountable and it's just she's just defending Jesse Smollett 
just at his word and, and yeah. not waiting for any evidence or, or facts and here's, to come out. Here, here's the thing. More and more people that were iffy about Trump are, are on the – they're, you know – going towards the fact that they're like, you know what, we're probably just going to vote for him now because we're tired of all this other circus crap going on. So uh, once again, it's going to be a tough 2020 race for the Democrats, to say the least. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. But that's everything I've got for this show. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you haven't already, like us on Facebook. Be sure to share us with your friends. We're located on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, So thanks again, and we'll see you on the next serving of Freedom Strips. Keep those tenders going.